stand-up comic joke it up one time. Funny. Funny. Sexual or is that just me? Oh. No, you'll you'll see what happens. Just hang on. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. All right, goodness gracious, if this isn't the darndest little old podcast about the science and craft of stand-up comedy, well, I never. Oh, uh, this here is your host, Jeff McBride, my sidekick here with his sawed-off shotgun and the gentle thoughts of a child is Harrison Tweed. Hey, guys. Harrison, sing us a song, why don't you? I'm not going to sing. I don't uh, sing anymore. All Everybody right, up. all right, all right. Our theme today is likability, and our guest today is Kenny DeForest. Hey. That there is Was that likable? Yeah, yeah it was like, hey. Super likable. Okay, good. <laughs> Speaking of likability, we're going to get started with a clip by Patrice O'Neill. It is from his 2005 HBO special, and we're going to play it, and we're going to talk about it. Yep. Let me ask you a question. Here's a question. Here's a good, serious question. Okay, ladies, if you didn't have a vagina... Like, say it was a terrible train accident, right? And the doctor was like, we have to remove your pussy right away. Or you're going to die. How would you keep your man past, you get a two-month guilty, I can't leave the bitch right away because you just lost a pussy in the train accident. <laughs> can't just walk right out on him. How would you keep your man past that if you didn't have a vagina? <laughs> wow. Nothing? You can talk. You can talk. <laughs> Suck his dick. Okay. Mouth. <laughs> Asshole. Okay. Great. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now, I've been getting pussy beam the whole show, right? But I give women the opportunity to say, I'm going to make myself worth more. But you just classified yourself as a series of holes. But, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I'm... Oh, my God. I'm supposed to teach you special, but you're just a bunch of holes to yourself. Uh... No one said learn how to play Xbox, learn how to play pool, <laughs> tell better stories, get another bitch that got a pussy to come on in. Kenny, tell us, why did you pick that bit? I think only he could get away with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. he's so likable. Because he's so likable. Yeah. I mean, that is, uh, you know, I would say an intentionally offensive take. Yeah. Uh To make a point, which we were talking about before. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really perfect for the current climate. Yeah, yeah. I really, fe- I really, yeah. I, really I feel thought like you know the real reason I chose it is I figured in this Me Too moment, three dudes should probably talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. how uh, how funny it is when a guy says women are just all holes. Yeah, yeah. That is a really yeah. important thing. Yeah, I think um, it's good for the uh, well, it, it, it's new. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly though, I think really what it is is I've I've watched a lot of Patrice, but I've watched it with uh, female friends of mine that are uh, woke females that are yeah. definitely mm-hmm. into. Uh, the feminist movement that still find that very funny. And uh, I don't know, that always sort of surprised me and then impressed me. And 
I think that's kind of the essence of Patrice. Him saying things that you know are off a little bit. Yeah. But are still rooted in truth, which I think the truth in that is he kind of flipped it on its head. One of the things I'd like to, to touch on is like the technicals of what about how he does this, maintains his likability while he's saying something that ordinarily if you took out his inflection you took out patrice you would it would be a tough thing yeah if you wrote that on paper Uh and just handed it to somebody they'd be like what is this this is awful well and you know it's something i've been thinking about a lot lately especially in the current i would say climate as a whole and i don't just mean the The me too i mean everything i mean as a broad where we are so do i say the wrong thing with a wink can i do that now uh, I don't know if you remember that dude. He w- he was real controversial because he said they should legalize rape because then women would be more careful. Do you he's remember not that? A comedian, like the Three right? Kings blog. No, he's like a alt right. Oh, okay. <laughs> personality. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But it was uh, I don't know a couple funny. years ago he was in the news <laughs> and like he yeah. he had a pro rape rally. That was what the oh his God. thing was. I think and, I know who you're talking. And then it got no. infiltrated by a bunch of like uh, like a female hockey team went up there and beat the shit out of all these. Oh, it was really cool. So what? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. I went to the guy's website when that was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, who is this guy? And like, you know, you see like a Bill Burr joke on there, but like he doesn't get the irony. Yeah. Oh. And that's scary to me. Like as oh, a comic. Yeah. Posted a Bill Burr joke. Yeah, yeah. It was uh-huh. the one where like Bill Burr talks uh, about uh you should never hit a woman. They don't have no idea how to oh, fall. Oh god. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that's uh, the joke is that's not why you don't hit a woman. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But this guy is like, see yeah. Yeah, it's fucking so it, so it's like that's like a scary thing now. It's like it really I is. like being wrong on purpose. I think mm-hmm. it's funny. It's super yeah. funny. But then when somebody isn't in on the joke or laughs for the wrong reason, it's that cool. feels really weird. That's when you cancel your Comedy Central sketch show and move to Africa for a second. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a subtlety to what you're doing when you say the wrong thing on purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. If you communicate too clearly that you're being sarcastic, it's not as funny. It's not as funny. It's not as funny. If you let them realize and feel like they're in on this joke with you, yeah. it makes them, I think, like like you more because now they're in with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But in that case, I see what you're afraid of a little bit is you're afraid of people taking what you're saying so far out of context and then repurposing it for the thing you hate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I'm a dude. You know what I mean? I'm a man like defending being a man. I understand. But then when you see like a men's rights activist, you're yeah. like, well, I'm definitely not that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to say anything that this guy could take to his meetings mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. use that and post it to a bulletin board well, and suddenly have a whole room of... Do you think that's a cost of doing business thing, though, with comedy? Because totally. like, people will be like, well, what if that person sees that joke and then they go... like, I think they were talking about a Chappelle special and then they, they think transgenders are less than... because Something to that effect. And I was like, well... I mean, first of all, that's not his responsibility for people being that fucking stupid to, like, take his words and and think that and do something like that. Do the Beatles apologize for committing the Manson murders because Helter Skelter is the reason Charles Manson committed all those murders? Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with serial killing. Right. And yet, some crazy person... Actually, that's what Hey Jude was about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey Jude, I want to kill you. You broke my heart, and now you will die. There was a philosopher named Friedrich Nietzsche that I studied when I was in college. Really, really influential for me. I loved a lot of his philosophical theories, and it really made me think. But all, a lot of his stuff was repurposed by the Nazis and used in their propaganda. Yeah. Totally. Like a lot of it. Totally. I mean, and it, still today, like it's still yes. big in the alt-right. And it's not what he meant at all. No, no, it was like it's so taken mm-hmm. out of context. And so I think 
you might be right. It's a it's a cost of doing business. Yeah, well, and also, it, you know, it's not always funny to be sincere enough to give your real views. To make it funny, sometimes you have to illustrate your point by showing what's wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, because tension... You have to take on... You have to take on the 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 awful thing and be yeah. the awful person sometimes because it's fun to be the evil guy for a moment to de- demonstrate your point. I think what we're learning now too is you know you have to you you do have to take into consideration the audience. You do. I mean, I think I think back in the day I would have said no, you fuck the audience. Yeah, Say yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I find myself now like thinking about these things and maybe trying to attack certain issues differently from a different angle. Like, okay, my impulse is to be the bad guy here, but what if I try it this way? What specific things do you think that Patrice does that make him likable or maintains his likability when he takes these these you know almost indefensible positions for a moment? I think Patrice is also someone that, like Nietzsche, gets misinterpreted a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, I see a lot of young Patrice disciples where I'm like, well, yeah. you're just trying to sound like him, uh-huh. but that's not what made him special. Was he was keeping it a hundred percent real to him? Yes, he was not speaking the universal truth. He was, in my opinion, he was wrong about a lot of things, but he was portraying with a really an immense amount of vulnerability considering how cool he was. He would seem to be a guarded guy, but I think he was very vulnerable and he revealed how he genuinely felt. He was very genuine where I never felt like he was putting on airs for anybody or, and if he took a controversial stance, I never felt like he was just being a provocateur. I felt like, you know, like, if he did take a controversial stance, I felt like it was, no, that's really how he feels. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about, if you like you, the audience will often take their cue from that. Sure, sure. Right? If you're comfortable with yourself and you're you're not... The composure. The yeah, self-assuredness. Yeah, yeah, self-assuredness that's not a front. Yeah. He also isn't a shutdown guy. Yeah. Like, Patrice is very opinionated, and a lot of his material is argumentative in tone, I would say. Uh-huh. But it's never like, I'm going to shut you down, you fucking idiots. He doesn't have that. Ah. And... Because who doesn't love being told they're wrong? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Who doesn't like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, I think what was also refreshing about Patrice, I couldn't tell you if he's liberal or conservative. Like, mm-hmm. I would guess liberal because he's black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would guess he's a Democrat, but yeah. outside of that, yeah. I know how he feels about a lot of individual issues, but it never felt like he was just, I'm on this side of the fence. So yeah. everything I write, I, I'm just going to pull the arguments out of what my side says. Yeah. And I'm going to craft together this joke. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He would take very progressive stances on things, and then sometimes I'd be like, oh, you're an old man. You're an old, old man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? You're like born in the 40s. So yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. But I appreciated that 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 it was coming from an authentic plate. That's why I can totally. say someone is my favorite, but then also like you could show me a clip and he's like, you, but you agree with him here. I'd be, oh, I, no, I just think he's super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Authentic. So authenticity is an element of likability. Probably 100%. All no right. one, no one likes anyone that's trying too hard or, you know, mm-hmm. like the think about it, like the I mean, people, that's, that's the paradox of, of, of popularity by focusing on being popular and obsessing over it. You can't be popular. Right. Yeah. Nothing is more attractive than a self-assured person. Mm-hmm. And I even, you know, I even think about that with like physical traits. Like I, you know, I have friends that will be like, oh, I'm just, you don't know what it's like to be short. 
mean, I know a lot of short dudes that are swagging out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's not holding them back. I don't know what to tell you. Just, totally. you know. Yeah. I knew this guy had this, this giant mole right in like near his belly button. And uh, it's, it's really, really pronounced. Uh, hair grows out of it. Whole shebang. Yeah. But he got a <laughs> tattoo around it with a bullseye. And, oh, that's very funny. and and girls love it. Yeah, they think it's the coolest thing yeah. because he's like he owns, I, it. he owns it all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I wonder, and it's almost like I think good comedians who are super likable they find the mole of their persona and they yeah. put a bullseye on it in a way that you you can't feel sorry for them anymore. Yeah, right. It's the uh, the B Rabbit effect. I grew up watching a lot of Eight Mile. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know the reference. I'm sorry. Uh, you oh, don't know fine. Eight Mile? I'll walk you through this one. I, lo- <laughs> I, lo- I watched Eight Mile two weeks ago. So I think about funny. that all the time. I, how much that that movie genuinely affected me very deeply. Yeah. It's funny now to think about. Like, Are you talking about the last freestyle battle he had? Yeah. When he, like, when he when I am he, white trash. I do live with my mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, did, he basically it's a, you know the whole movie is Eminem playing as a white rapper coming up in the Detroit rap battle freestyle scene and, and beating all, and beating first. and beating all the black people. Yeah, right, right, right. Really uplifting. It's the it's the yeah. white it's the white. Uh, <laughs> I often say it's the white Jackie Robinson story. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is khaki Robinson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Cracker Robinson. It, yeah, right. Cracker Robinson. Cracky. Uh, but in the yeah the last battle he goes out in. Uh, he just says everything that the other guy could possibly say about it. You know him what? And just owns it. I could bring that up in two seconds. It's just like 30 it's seconds long. It's worth it. Long. It's worth playing on the podcast. For likability. And it's yeah. funny. And it's really... Well, it, it's, not, it's not an example necessarily of his likability, mm-hmm. but I think when you see the way he owns his... It, it's, it's an example of uh, Bullseye Mole. He's yes. basically turning his mole into okay. a Bullseye. Mob deep. They're staring lovingly into each other's eyes. There's love. Nothing but love between these two men. Now everybody from the 313, put your motherfucking hands up and follow me. Everybody from the 313, put your motherfucking hands up. Look, look. Now while he stands up, notice that this man did not have his hands up. The free world's got you gassed up. Now who's afraid of the big cat horse? One, two, three, it's to the four. One pop, two pop, three pop, four. Four pop, three pop, two pop, one. Your pop, he's pop, no pop, none. This guy ain't no motherfucking MC. I know everything he's got to say against me. I am white, I am a fucking bum. I do live in a trailer with my mom. My boy Future is an Uncle Tom. I do got a dumb friend named Cheddar Bob who shoots himself in his leg with his own gun. I did get jumped by all six of you chumps. And we did fuck my girl. I'm still standing here screaming fucking free world. Well, never try to judge me, dude. You don't know what the fuck I've been through. But I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. What's the matter, dog? You embarrassed? This guy's a gangster. His real name is Clarence. And Clarence lives at home with both parents. And Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. <laughs> this guy don't want to battle. He's shook. Cause ain't no such things as that great crook. He's scared to death. He's scared to look at his fucking yearbook. Fuck Grand Brook. Fuck a beat. I go a cappella. Fuck a papa doc. Fuck a clock. Fuck a trailer. Fuck everybody. Fuck y'all if you got me. I'm a piece of fucking white trash. I say it proudly. And fuck this battle, I don't want to win, I'm outie. 
Here, tell these people something they don't know about me. Uh, <laughs> it's so endearing. It's so endearing, right. And then the other guy chokes. The other guy does not speak. He has he, nothing he, to say. He just gives it up. It's so... Right. Uh, but that is like ability. What he did right there, in a way, is he was like, I have lower status than you. Yes. Yeah. You, no matter what you say, I have lower status than you, which is kind of one of the essences of likability, isn't yeah. it? I and mean, we do that in stand-up comes all the time. We slide ourselves underneath underneath the audience. Yeah, if we can if and, we can. And he's also exposing. He do, he exposes all of himself, and then he's like, "And there's something faux about you. Uh-huh. There's something you're not telling people." Mm-hmm. And these are the things about you that you choose not to say. Which is what we do all the time with the social fabric. Of our lives, yes. As comedians, our job is is here. I ain't nothing. Yes. I, I am no thing. Yeah. I am. I am the rug you walk on. Ready now? Let me show you how you lie about you. I feel like it's important for a comedian to showcase that you aren't shit. You aren't shit. Mm-hmm. You don't know everything. Yeah. Even if you're t- telling them something really profound, like like Patrice kind of does in that moment. Like he's kind of exposing. They don't even think that highly of himself, right? And I think, and also, I think, yeah. If you discuss that bit further, right, it, yeah. would, it would probably come out that women have been socialized to think of themselves that way. Yeah, right. Right. And Patrice right. is not, in my opinion, he's not saying you're a bunch of holes and that's what you should be. Yeah. He's saying now, why do you think that? Right. Yeah. You right. Know what why I mean? was your go-to? He, I have another body part to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Where right. does that come from? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think some people would maybe argue that that's somehow supporting the patriarchy. But to me, it's like that points out what it has done. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? He's right. showing off what I the patriarchy has done. He's showing what is. He's not saying what it ought to be. That yeah. It, or that it ought to be what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would agree with you. I think where people key in who he maybe we maybe wish they wouldn't is they key into his disgust to his derision mm-hmm. right yeah. of women's behavior and I, th- I think that's the thing guys who who sort of already feel like that they go yeah he gets it mm, yeah. <laughs> right right yeah. right i think he is able to get away with this because he's he is so eminently likable and i think part of it too is like he doesn't open this up with with I'm right, he's like, you tell me what you think. They said it. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he didn't say, you're a hole, you're a hole. He was yeah. just like, what would you do? Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then you heard the women shouting from the audience. Uh-huh. And then the discussion is, okay, well, why do you feel that way? Yeah. And I think that's important. Like, it's almost like a cool teacher or guidance counselor. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, you know, when they like opens up the classroom to quit, like, yeah. like, what do you like? Blah, blah, blah. See, why do you think you like that? Uh-huh. Guys? And he also gave him a few minutes. He's like, oh, yeah, good, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good. That's he good. He lets them go wherever yeah. they need to right, go. Right. I love that. What ruins likability? Trying too hard, putting on airs, mm-hmm. grandstanding, being not real. What specifically? What are, what are some examples? Do you have any? If it just comes, reads as inauthentic, like part of what made the Aziz situation, the the revelations worse for him, Mm -hmm. because I mean, that seemed to be a pretty, I think most people would agree, gray area sort of, and if we're talking about sexual assault, like that seemed to be a lot of gray area there. More made him seem full of shit. Yes. And I think it's because it revealed that all of his material about dating and sort of being this male ally feminist made it all seem like bullshit. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that had a problem with his stand up before even knowing that was kind of that. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what this guy's mm-hmm. point of view is. 
I would say an unclear point of view or yeah. if you're just trying to come across some way. For the longest time, my sort of deeply held belief is that I fucking loathe any any attempt to control women's sexuality. Drives me fucking bonkers that yeah, totally. our society does it so much, so many, and, and historically it's just been so common. But for me to say that, it just looks like I'm trying to get laid. And I'm fucking <laughs> so infuriated. I know. So many people have co-opted that to, to be like, look how attractive this make, makes me. And I'm like, Can't, what about just principles? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, and I also think... And, and his example, that example you cite is, an, is a case in point. Yeah. Totally, man. And I, you know, that's something I'm wrestling with too. Like, my genuine feelings towards it. I am a feminist, like, in yeah. my heart. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. in equality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also, like, how do you express that in a way that doesn't come across as, like, this fucking, like, how full of yeah, himself look this guy is. To be. This guy's pretty proud of himself. For fucking sure. For feeling the way he should. Yeah, right? yeah You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And here's the thing people are going to hear this and they're going to go, wow, we should fuck these guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking all those, all those it. women that listen it. to three men talk about <laughs> stand-up comedy. Yeah, we have such a sexual demographic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe two, two male open micros. I, we to just this? do it for That's the it. pussy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All that pot Long, pussy. Longest I'm trying to think of another like. Here we go. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I just thought of one, but it's political. Yeah, it, it's not. It. It's oh. not stand-up. But I think it'll make sense. Howard Dean. How many politicians have we seen do something way crazier than going, we're going to New York, and then Maine, and then Idaho, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the guy that did that. Uh He just said, and that was it. Like, something about that guy, seeing him be enthusiastic just felt forced. Uh, No one believed that he was that excited. Uh It creeped everybody out. And they were like, you are now out of the presidential race, just like that. Uh, And if you look at all the candidates since then that have done way crazier shit than that, but there's something more likable about them. Even uh, yeah. even Trump's appeal to some degree to his supporters were like, he's authentic. He's authentic. He's a piece, a piece of, shit, of shit, but he's telling you he's a piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. people responded to that's that. That's so that's so I would sad. like to make it clear that it, I did not respond to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting in the in the context of stand-up though, that then so authenticity is critical in a way for people liking you and likability is important in a lot of times in stand-up you want them to like you and feel like oh man we're friends even though you're not and so there's something oddly inauthentic about what you're doing because you're like we're all best friends now you know me i know you this is all good which is not true yeah Um, it's a show yet there's this kernel of authenticity that you still have to communicate about well and i i think to bring it back to patrice that kernel is also letting the audience know that you don't really care if they like it or not. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. And, and I feel this way as a person. I am naturally, I think, a nice person. I think my default is to try to make people around me feel good. Now, I also am super in my head, and I do, in the same way that like expressing feminist ideals as a man, you automatically worry that you sound like you're soapboxing or grandstanding or have ulterior motives. Yeah. Also, when I greet you with a huge smile yeah. and, and say something charming about what you're wearing, I'm aware that that comes off like I'm a politician or something. Yeah. That, but that is also the same thing that's actually that is also met. authentically who I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, I would feel weird if I was just like, hey, Jeff. Like, that would feel weird <laughs> to me. Yeah. Like, I need to be like, what's up, dude? How you doing? Like, that's who I am. Yeah. And if I don't express that, it doesn't feel right to me. That was really funny. I feel like the way we really met was outside of the knitting factory and you were wearing a Jeff Goldblum shirt. Yeah. And I genuinely love Jeff Goldblum and I was just like, that's a great shirt. And then we just started talking about Jeff Goldblum for a little bit. Oh yeah, was that when I told you that uh they used to have to have rules on set that 
hey, please don't fuck Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite things that. I've ever learned. Yeah, I j- that's really funny. I also have noticed this with comics. If I'm like at a mic or a show and a comic has a rough set, but I really like their material and I like them and they're like my friend, I'll still give them a little fist bump as they're getting off stage. And sometimes, like the more argumentative comics will like, like I'll fist bump them and they'll be like, that wasn't a good set. And I'm like, I'm not giving you a bump because you had a good set. I'm giving you a bump because, like, fuck this game. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. This is a solidarity thing. I'm not saying great shit, even though totally. Like, but I, I just want you to know that, like, I got you, bro. And like, if you yeah. bomb, it's okay. You said your authentic self when you are meeting people is that enthusiasm, right? Yeah. But you think that some people see it as as inauthentic politician bullshit. Uh, yeah, I think if you don't know me, you can definitely come off that okay. way. Okay. My natural inclination is to work a room a little bit. Yeah. I just uh-huh. have that in me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I... And you want to be people's friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I really don't think about it that way. Yeah. Like, it's also... I have, like, social anxiety. I think that's a reaction to that, where I try to take control of the situation by, like... I'll be the one that's like, hey, how's it going? You're yeah. Like, it somehow <laughs> makes me feel more in control right. of the outcome of a social right, situation. Right, right. You're more than likable. You're lovable. And I was ch- I was just talking to Drew Morgan, who was our first guest, and he said this, and I think it's so per- perfect. Likeable is the comic everyone wants to be. Lovable is the comic everyone wants to be around. So, like, when I first met you, I was like, this fucking guy is so nice. <laughs> like, he's just, like, sweet. I had seen you perform a lot, and I had, like, admired your work. A lot of times when I meet someone who I admire, they're just like, maybe standoffish or introverted. So they're, like, it's hard to kind of just jump into a social interaction with them. But you're just, like, very, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's who I've always been. It puts people at ease, and it, it makes you forget that you know of them before. you Now you just know them. You're like, oh, I know what kind of guy this is. Mm. And I think that's why you're a such a great host. archetype. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I think that makes you a great host. And you, Will, and Clark, just at the Knitting Factory, a great show every Sunday um, in New York City, it's, it's like you guys are all just like pinging off of each other and you have this ease to you. Even when something doesn't go well, it's just you're still steering the ship. Because no one's threatened by any of you. Yeah. You're not threatening. You're very like, no, I just, oh, did I? If, if you did hurt their feelings, you'd be like, oh, do you have like, I have a cupcake if you want it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, got, uh, <laughs> I have like a history of shutting down hecklers and then apologizing to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. It's authentic. I don't know. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. yeah I mean, neither. I, totally I wanted to bring that. up something else, though, because I do think as much as this is sort of like kind of fuzzy and a way of being, I also think that there are tricks that are employed. And you even said so in this. And by the way, anybody listening who wants to learn about hosting, I'm going to post this in the show notes. There's a wonderful article that Kenny wrote uh, years ago when you were at, in Chicago, right? Yeah. That's on hosting. It's great. It, it's such good reading. I've sent it to many friends. I've read yeah. it many times myself. But I want to take one thing out of it. You said that the number one thing is make them like you. When you take the stage, the first thing you should be focused on is making them like you. This is as simple as doing little things like smiling and mm. having energy. You should be having the most fun in the room from the get-go. Yeah. What do you do to ensure that that happens for you? It's a habit I started in Chicago, I think, that when I start walking to the mic, I just go, hey, hey how's everyone? And it was just like, yeah. And that's so many years of just having to start my own show cold, you know, uh-huh. where you're standing at the iPod Talking playing music, the and then uh-huh. all of a sudden the lights are out, and it's a bar show that you're running yeah, for free, right. so you don't have anyone to like bring you up. Nope. So it's it just you. me like, 
turning up an iPod and I would just go, yeah. hey, how's everyone doing? And it's just like that little. It's such a good idea. Or you clap as you approach the mic. Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. I've never done that, but that sounds great. Yeah, I do that every time. I don't know if you, because me and Jeff have uh, his weekly show and I'm, I'm usually on it uh-huh. on, like bi-weekly. And if you've noticed, every time you bring me up, I'm start talking. Give it up for Jeff like yeah. before I yes. get to the mic. It's so pro. It's such a, and it's also just like, it's like, I just want them to know that I'm comfortable already. I'm yeah. totally comfortable, mm. and let's just like I want to set it up as like I'm I'm fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, trust me, this will be I fun. could fly this plane. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna land. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I don't drink anymore, but when I I'd always bring like wine on stage. Yeah, because for some reason it's like a more fun drink to see a guy like me. <laughs> like I would pick my drink. drink based on what's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like instead of taking a beer up there, like I'd have like a glass of wine. I don't know. It just added like a it <laughs> added a weird effect where people like who's this big tea. who's this big dude drinking who's this big bearded red? white dude drinking red wine? Yeah, yeah and I'd, I'd like swirl it. I'd be like, "Are you guys ready to party?" You know, I'd be swirl. I'd be looking at him like with goofy eyes, and yeah, I don't know, just little things like that. People are like, "Who is this goof?" Yeah, you know? I to, I, I'm now I'm picturing you with a martini, and you just take the olive out, and you're like nibbling it while you start your set. <laughs> I wish there was like a bar that had shows that sold drinks and coconuts because that would be a very funny on stage. That would be a great on stage drink. Yeah, like a pina colada and a coconut. That would be fantastic. What are some mistakes that you made that made you less likable as you were learning? Man, uh, it's funny that you asked this. (laughs) I've I've actually just, and it's kind of what we've already been talking about. And through over a year of therapy, I think I've come to the conclusion. Uh, When I was younger, I defaulted a lot more to the troll side of comedy. Yeah. Like I grew up, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I was talking to a friend of mine about this, where I love Opie and Anthony and mm-hmm. it had its place in my heart. Mm-hmm. But if I listen to it now, it feels outdated and weird. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, totally. fighting PC culture felt really necessary at that time. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, but also, yeah, people off. are getting hurt here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and I think I had that like provocateur. I think I think a lot of it's a lack of self love. It's like an idea. Of yeah, I, totally. I'm not good enough, or whatever, or trying to prove yourself too hard. So I definitely fell into when I was younger taking the least popular stance just to prove that I could, yeah. mm-hmm. but it wasn't authentic. Mm. And then, like, because when I hurt people's feelings, it, I do not like. I'm not a person that can genuinely say oh, I don't give a fuck. Like that would be if I said that, I would be lying to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I care so much. Thus, unlike yeah, I'm I, I I'm on the same side of that. Yeah. yeah. So like, I can't pretend, but I think I used to. I I think I was trying to be Patrice, really. Like, yeah. I, as much as I said, the current P- Patrice disciples make that mistake. I think I did when I was younger. I yeah, felt like totally. I needed to be adversarial to the audience and mm-hmm. combative. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's kind of authentically who he was. For sure. Also, there's an aggression that people can spill over into. Aggression almost always is a response to feeling like you don't have enough power. One hundred percent. And overcompensating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They couldn't possibly like me for me. So mm-hmm. I'll yeah. be I'll be this thing that I think they'll like. Uh huh. Uh huh. And and even if they don't like it, I'm in control and aggressive. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I used to always say like. Well, yeah, I mean, I, of course, uh, of course, I'm a feminist, but like, what's funny about saying that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out now that I'm a more aged comedian, and I, yeah, there's plenty of funny. You just make fun of people that don't agree with feminism because yeah, there's, for sure. it's ridiculous. Yeah, men are. Yeah, you can, you can be pro something by being anti the people who don't like the thing you're pro about. For sure. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or making fun of what they may think or like finding the ironies in their... In their yeah, the, yeah, the logic flaw. I mean, like, right. yes. really yeah. a great comic is you're, 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 
you're finding logic where there isn't logic or uh-huh. yeah, yeah. or vice versa. Right. Totally. Right. I think a big mistake I made, I, I was very uncomfortable in my own skin when I started stand up. I'm happy to say I'm in a much better place now. But I think a big result of that was me projecting a version of myself on stage. Definitely like the Bill Hicksie. There was like a Bill Hicksie phase yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um and it's all stuff that now I, I, I wouldn't even consider trying. For but sure. at that time, for whatever reason, I was really trying to but be something I wasn't. You do that. You have these models that you ape. And I think it's just part of the natural progression. 100%. But, yeah. But, what you, but, the, it, but it, you saying it got in the way of your likability because... Because I wasn't being me. I'm likable. Yeah. yeah. But I was being someone else on stage. Uh-huh. And that, so then inherently, I'm sacrificing my own likability. You started in Chicago. I don't know if you felt this. When I went to New York... I was I had started technically in Syracuse, but that was just like one open mic a week. So that's kind of right. hard to s- start. Um, and then uh, I got here and I was like, whoa, shit. Maybe it was just what I, the rooms I was doing. I was just like, whoa, I got to be like so much angrier and hate people more to <laughs> yeah. be a comedian in New York. And so I took a break because I was like, I don't want to be this and I don't like my I was like going through a breakup. It was like a bunch of depression shit where I was like, I'm just not ready to be a comedian in New York City right now. And then I. I saw, I don't know if you remember Pete Holmes' first show on Conan, uh, after Conan. It was yeah. like a TBS talk show. Uh-huh. And he opened his monologue about going to an Enrique Iglesias concert by himself and like loving it in this like joyous way. And I remember being like, oh my God, you can be whoever you are. You can just, yeah. you can just talk about whatever you think is funny. And that opened up so much because, like, I don't want to pretend to be hate the world. Mm-hmm. That's not why I wanted to start stand up. Yeah, I wanted to start stand up because I like like being goofy and silly. I had the same struggle, dude. I relate to that so hard because I I actually love life and I um yeah it's great. I I, I struggle with depression and things like that too, which is also important to yep. be honest yeah. about. Mm-hmm. But um, but but if it, like I think people started thinking there was this phase there where like people started thinking of me as darker than I am. And I think I was putting on that affectation because I thought you needed to be. I had one I put on too. Like uh, when I got here, I was. And then you just I'd, look like a Sith Lord. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I was like, I was like, I want. Does it, how do I look more like Lex Luthor? Yeah, yeah. But if he did magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got here and I had my shit together. I I worked really hard for years to save up to come here and do this. And so, but then I got here and I was surrounded by guys in their twenties who weren't in that position. Mm-hmm. And they were all they were talking about is how they couldn't get laid and they couldn't and they and and they couldn't make anything work in their lives. And look at all the silly, dumb things that they do that make their lives not work. And I was like, I don't fit in with any with these people this way. And so I try. I was like, hid my situation um, and oh, tried sure. to play that. And it was it felt so awful. And of course, I knew intellectually I shouldn't be doing this yeah. but the but the desire to fit in was so strong yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally no I, and it backfired it, no one liked me until I was how like, many I people be, live in this city it can be a very lonely place. oh yeah and like, I, I you know the loneliest place I, I have the same thing you know I I come from a two-parent home mm-hmm. that my parents love me and support me yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, same you know what I mean yeah. like my dad is a small Fuck business you, owner Fuck you, dude. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right uh no but yeah like I, I definitely felt very insecure about that too like mm. I'm not like I'm certainly didn't come from privilege by New York standards yeah but for Missouri standards yeah. I had a very privileged childhood uh-huh. Kansas and, City um, Missouri Springfield Springfield I got you. but that's you know something that I know like why would I be embarrassed and, by and that? eventually yeah. you yeah. incorporated that so well on your album I, I feel oh, like thank it, you, man. you really it really incorporated it well mm-hmm. you owned it and then you you enjoyed making fun of it but it wasn't like 
it wasn't like I suck. It was yeah. it, it, you didn't do that. It, it's important to me not to turn try to turn privilege into a struggle. Yeah. I yeah. Think, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think there's like if you're just making arguments to make them, which again, like coming back to authenticity, as a thought exercise, that bit could have very easily become, you know, privilege uh-huh. is actually a struggle. Uh-huh. And I could have taken that idea very seriously. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, you think it's so great. You get to overcome things and inspire people. Look yeah. what I got to deal with. <laughs> and I, like, that's just not. But that's not a. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Totally. There are downsides to it, which is what I'm trying to highlight. But it's also like, but they're ridiculous. That's, I'm not going to sit here and yeah. act like yeah. th- this is the real struggle here. Well, I think we need to move on to the next segment. So yes. we are respectful of your time. Yes. What um, is our time right now? Our time is 2.40, and I'll get you a watch one of these fucking days. <laughs> uh, I don't want to watch. I know you don't. You'll never wear it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no way. Right. Yeah. I'd uh, rather be a cool dude that gets pussy at who knows what time. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> Pee and Vegeta. It's time to <laughs> fuck is what time it is. Attention to likability when you first even start thinking about it, because I didn't even know it was a thing until I started comedy, and I was like, oh, I got mm-hmm. I to I gotta pay attention to that. I am not likable. <laughs> I, I got to do something about That's this. Funny. And then, but then it could become, it's almost like pickup artists, like how they, they, they then have all these tricks that they play, and then it's just it's so inauthentic, right? But I, I also think that if you're unlikable and own it, that becomes likable. Right. What I l- learned in both of these scenarios is that just you can learn there are certain things just not to do. Yeah. yeah. There are certain things that are going to make you less attractive. So there are certain things that you're going to, certain behaviors or ways of looking at yourself or talking about yourself, they're going to make you less likable. Yeah. And you can learn not to do those things. But the moment you angle into having an agenda of trying to manipulate somebody into something, then you're in. Yeah. You just own it, man. Like, do you guys yeah. know Matthew Broussard? Yes. He moved yeah. here from LA. Yes. You know, he's he comes out and he's just good. like, yeah, I look like a, What's his? Ba- I look like the bully in every eighties. Yeah. He just talks about having a basically an unlikable rich kid face. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he uh, he comes out and owns it, and people right. respond very well to it. Yeah, they like seeing someone own that thing about them. And then it gives you so much license the moment you do it. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I think uh, Michelle Wolf is another great example. Yeah, where people voice. were trying to come at her after this. She's like, "Yeah, I'm a, I have an annoying voice." Like she talks about it. Yeah, yeah. And then so now when people are trying to come at her after the what she she eight miled them. She yeah, because yeah, she, she already really talked good. about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're annoying voice. She's like, yeah, I actually talked about that. Here's the clip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I said anything I have no else either. So you can talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally, great. totally. Come on, let's talk about sex. Kenny DeForest from Chicago, right? I uh, grew up in Springfield, Missouri, but oh, uh, that's right. already that's talked right. about that. But yes, really, yes, comedically, yes. I say <laughs> comedically from Chicago. I think mm-hmm. like Harrison, I started, I started in Springfield the way you started in Syracuse. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I would say one open mic a week. I think I had I was going at that clip for about six months before I moved to Chicago, um, and then before that I had done like monthly or bi monthly. I would do yeah. stand up like I'd be drunk at a frat party, and so I'd be like, "I heard you do stand up," and I'd like <laughs> maybe do ten minutes standing yeah. at a table. But like, how old were you when you started? I'm sorry. I technically started when I was twenty, nineteen or twenty. Okay. Um, I was in college. I went to a musical. You thirty three now. Uh, I just turned thirty two. Thirty two. Okay. Um. But I mean, I think I was twenty. I was actually twenty when I finally yeah. tr- tried it. But I, I mean, th- the f- the first two years I was in college, to say I did it three times a year would be a stretch. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> really didn't start until after six months of about a mic a week, and then in '09 I moved to Chicago, and that's when I really started like focusing and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you did the great migration to New York, right? Yes. And now, now Kenny is 
really well known as the uh, producer and co-host of Comedy at the Knitting Factory. It's a amazing show. Yeah, it's, it's one of the premier shows of the city. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Such a pleasure to have you on, man. Thank in, you so much. In fact, actually, this is my beat. <laughs> when me and Jeff talk about Late Night Romp, which is a show you did, that's a... I always try to reference the Knitting Factory as like the show to go for in terms of like what we want to do is we want to mm -hmm. cultivate that kind of atmosphere when yep. we're going for what you guys do. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, yeah, I love how you guys run. Yeah, in fact, uh, another comedian just, I was in the car with another comedian and he was like, oh, here are some of the practices that they do over at the Knit. And I'm like, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You've also appeared on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. HBO's Crashing, True TV's Friends of the People. And you also, and you have an album out, which, uh, which I, I've listened to. Uh, it's called Bad Dreams. What does what does B A D stand for? Uh, that was actually so. Clark Jones designed the um, the cover. Yoko Hiroko, a good friend of mine, she took the photos, mm -hmm. and then uh, Clark designed the cover with the specs I gave him, which I'm actually going to reveal this because no one's asked me. Yeah. The the cover of my album is an ode to the Biggie mural. That's in uh, that's in Brooklyn. Oh, bad dreams is a line from one of the jokes, and then I also like one of the themes is one of my dreams was to be like basically a cool rapper. Like yeah, 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 yeah. A cool black dude, which is something I <laughs> Hence, cannot do. I yeah, physically yeah. can't do it. So that is a bad dream. Yeah, Hence yeah, yeah. the level of joy and dancing you did during <laughs> during our playing of Eminem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the if the listeners could like, only yeah. see what that did to me. Also, you're a you're a a male comic that confidently talks about female <laughs> orgasm. So you are a black comedian in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I, have I have humped a stool before. <laughs> <laughs> I do have like very, like the envy I have for Chris D'Elia's first special, which is called white male black comic. I was like, that is, I would, man, fuck you, dude. That's yeah. perfect. That's yeah, great. yeah. Is there um something, a comic, either a contemporary of yours, someone that you looked up to that you met, or like you could have even heard it on a podcast and it's just like they said something it clicked for you, and now and it changed your perspective on how to do stand up. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you two. We'll take them. I was watching Jim and Andy on Netflix, and Jim Carrey says that oh, yeah. his breakthrough came when he realized that what the audience wants is to be free of worry, free from concern, free yeah. from concern, mm -hmm. and free of worry, mm -hmm. and then realizing that when I okay, so if I come out free of worry. Mm -hmm then that's the biggest gift I can give to the audience, basically. Yeah. I'm free of worry, so inherently you are, you now are. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So that was huge. Yeah. Because I, I have an anxiety disorder that I deal with, and um, it's been a big hurdle because you talk about likability. Mm -hmm. There's not much likable about an no. openly nervous man it, it <laughs> is. taking over it's the room. Right, yeah. right. You, it, can't, you can't show him that. You it's know? so, and which is funny because like you, you talk about authenticity. That is authentically you. And yet your job is to, is to either change that or hide it until it goes away. Right, which, yeah, I'm, and I'm writing about it now, which is fun. That's a fun way to do both. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, yeah can you guys believe I'm nervous right now? Yeah, you have yeah, no yeah. idea, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that the free of worry thing, I I also um, that's kind of like the prior thing too. You know the prior when he starts, to, I forget which specialist he starts. It, he's like, let's just relax and get rid of you, get ready for whatever the fuck happens. Because I got my check, and then he like pat, I either pats his chest or his pocket or something, and you're like, you're like, I think it's actually in there. Like his <laughs> check is in there. Yeah, the confidence was like, whatever the fuck happens, just be okay with it. Yeah, I yeah. Love that. Anyway, keep going. I love. Yeah, uh, I actually yeah, and I have a. Wrist tattoo here. Let it be. It is a little moniker. It came to me on mushrooms. We were talking about shrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. 
which just kind of goes with that. Like the idea is just let it, which is the energy within you that makes you funny, whatever that is that makes you funny, just let it happen and then be it. Just be that. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Just sort of sink back into it, um, which kind of goes with that Jim Carrey thing. So those two yeah. things combined really was big. And then um, Marty DeRosa, who... Is let it be. Really I want to just dig into that for a second. So yeah. when you say let it be, what do you mean? Let it be it. Okay, let so... Let it be it. Yeah, it's a little extra word. It's like, okay. the, you think the Beatles lyric is like, yeah, but if you add another it, for me, that just made it profound. Man, that's really cool. Let it be it. Because it's not just let it be, it's let it and also be it. Like, okay. So like, for instance, at the time when this happened, I was at a huge crossroads comedically. I didn't know what I wanted to do on stage. I was having that, that like crisis of why do I do this sort of thing what is it that i even want out of this i had that hicksy side of me that wanted to go up and just rant about the world and mm -hmm. how can we fix this and, and all pull this the veil back right i was kind of wrestling with all this yeah that was kind of the solution on a mushroom trip it was just like just let it like mm -hmm. you've been funny your whole life just let it it being the spirit of, you know a part of it was i was watching a guy play a guitar solo mm -hmm on mushrooms and i was just like man there's oh. no way he's consciously doing that oh because yeah. it's just the mm -hmm. fingers are moving so fast yeah that this is it's something coming through him he's yeah. not doing yeah. that that's just he just found the the groove i see that when i watch prince's solos yeah right yeah. you're like I'm dude like, he's not doing that yeah his body's fused with a guitar and his yeah like, he's, he's trying without trying right yeah 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 and he's just like that's why guitar like when a really great solo happens they're not like Eyes wide open, staring at the neck. Their eyes are closed, and their necks back. It's like yeah. they've almost just relented to the solo. That like happens on stage. Yeah, that, like a, a really, really fantastic set. The ones that just like go through the roof, and I feel like I'm 100% me. I'm also sort of not at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just, it's just coming out. Oh, here's a new joke. It just popped out. Here's a riff. Here's a. I, I'm, I'm playing the room and myself. Yeah, yeah, you're just, you're, you're just reacting. You know, yeah. you're not thinking about anything. You're just in the moment reacting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's when I've always been my best. And, that, you know, that only happened early on when I was forced to. Like, one time I was hosting a show for uh, Jay Chandrasekhar, who's the Indian dude from Super Troopers mm -hmm. and uh, Broken oh, Lizard I love that Crew. Guy. Yeah. And uh, his opener was late. They had mm -hmm. like a flight delay, but uh -huh. they had to start the show. It's a late show. People have been waiting in line. But Jay was also like, yeah, but my guy, he's flying in from New York for this. So. We're gonna stretch till he gets here. There's no way we're gonna like have him rush here from the airport and be too late for his set. Yeah. So they were just like, just go up and we'll light you when he gets here. And I was like, what the fuck? And I probably had like ten minutes of material at this what point. What a great oh. shit. What a great like. Guess who gets to grow tonight? Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And they used to do this cupcake giveaway. It was at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, and they partnered with this bakery down the street, and it was like a. You let us put flyers by the register, we'll give away your cupcakes yeah. at our shows. It'll be a symbiotic thing. And so, like, I had to stretch this cupcake giveaway to, like, 20 minutes. I was bringing people on stage. Yeah. I was just making up trivia as I was going. I was making up games for people to play yeah. to win these cupcakes. Because I just uh, didn't know how much time I had to fill. so yeah. great. But it was the funniest I had been on stage to that point. Like, uh -huh. it was just everything I was doing was working. The place was packed. There was people in the upper balcony. Yeah. I'm just, like, I, don't, I couldn't tell you to this day what I said or what you I did. You just closed your eyes and held the cupcake. I, I closed my <laughs> eyes and held the cupcake and let, <laughs> let it come through me. Uh. So then to bring it to the be it part of the tattoo was also like this idea of you don't have to try to be Bill Hicks. You don't have to, it's kind of like be the change or whatever. You are like, Kenny DeForest. Just be, yeah, be, be, be the person that I want, yeah, that I would want to meet and be the comedian that I would want to see. 
and then the rest takes care of itself. It, it, you don't have to sit down with your pen and chew on it and be like, how do I write a bit that will change the world? Just be be authentic. Be And my, mine is uh, be someone else. <laughs> Truly yeah. just anybody. Yeah, really. Pretend anyone. you're a man with hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, and then the, oh. other, the other advice to just wrap it up. Yeah. I said, too, Marty DeRosa... Brilliant comic uh, in Chicago. If you're into wrestling, you've probably heard of him because he does a wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana. He told me one time... I just watch regular soap operas. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a good way to spend time. Oh, so you do a lot of laundry. <laughs> laundromats in New York City. Pretty good at it. I'm well known in the laundry circuit. <laughs> I think early I was discouraged about not getting something... And you were just like, the only thing you can focus on is becoming undeniable. Yeah. And, I uh, have that right up in my room. Big, bold letters. Be undeniable. Yeah. that's. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You can complain. Every single person that does stand-up comedy can make a pretty compelling argument that they're being fucked because we all are. Uh. The nature <laughs> of doing stand-up is to be fucked by... Mm-hmm. You're just going to be... You're getting fucked the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And everyone, like I said, could make an argument that they are, and they'd be right. Yeah. But... So what? Be undeniable, and then no one asks you to do it. I mean, if you succeed in this, it's a dream. It's the dream occupation. Yeah, I mean, for mm-hmm. sure. So why yeah. would it be easy? Yeah. We're not like musicians. We aren't just, like, told we're sexy just by telling or, like, holding a guitar. Yeah. It's like, it's like, that drives... <laughs> we just, yeah, I bring a like mic a music- to parties. Musicians, like, <laughs> has... Okay. Just a mic and a cable. It's, like, wrapped around. So I just have my notebook right Is there anything douchier than the guy that brings his mic stand to a party? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. But he puts it to the side. Because <laughs> he's a pro. Come on. Let's talk about sex. This is Kenny DeForest, Late Night with Seth Meyers from 2017. All right, thank you. I, uh, I need to quit smoking cigarettes, I think. That was a short walk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes are hard to quit once you've started. And uh, what's weird, I don't even think I'm addicted to cigarettes. That's the hard part for me, is I think what I'm addicted to is always having in my pocket a reason to walk away from any conversation. I think that's really the best part of smoking. You can't replace that with a patch. It doesn't have the, you need the cigarette to get you out of, like for me, a cigarette is just my way of telling somebody, hey, just so you know, I would rather kill myself than have this conversation, I really would. I think uh, sexual predator is too cool of a word for who it describes. Maybe that's why we have so many. Because instead of condemning them, we give them a cool nickname. That It sounds more like a compliment than an indictment to me. Like, if I didn't know what that meant, and you walked up to me at a party, and you were like, hey, Kenny, I heard you're a sexual predator. <laughs> I'd be like, you're damn right I'm a sexual predator. <laughs> <laughs> Who you been talking to? Yeah. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah, thanks. Thank like most people 
from Brooklyn. I grew up in Missouri. (laughs) 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 Sorry about that. (laughs) People find out I'm from Missouri, man, they give me a hard time. They're always like, ooh, Missouri, the South. (laughs) Probably pretty racist down there in old Missouri. (laughs) And first of all, Missouri's not even in the South, okay? We didn't fight with the Confederacy in the Civil War, all right? We were neutral, (laughs) which is worse. (laughs) It's actually much worse. At least Alabama picked a team, you know? (laughs) Missouri tried to Switzerland slavery. Missouri, how do we feel about the owning of humans as property? We're like, do we have to answer now or... (laughs) (laughs) Can we just remain silent in this time of oppression? I think we need a <laughs> independent study, is I think what we'll do. <laughs> I lost an argument with a friend of mine from Missouri this week. I'm not afraid to admit when I lose an argument. You know, I think it's important to admit when you've lost. I lost an argument this week. Here's what happened. I was uh, talking to a friend of mine, and I said, I don't think your average citizen should be allowed to just buy a machine gun. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. But then he, yeah. (laughs) But see, here's the thing, though, because then he had a machine gun, so he won the argument. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that, it's a great way to win arguments, having a machine gun. (laughs) We're talking about guns because we're talking about mass shootings. He asked me, he said, do you really think it's all a gun issue? Do you think guns are really the only reason these things happen? I don't, I don't think it's all guns. I don't know, there's a lot of reasons. These things. We have mental health issues. We have guns. We have mental health issues with guns. These are, I think part of the problem is we don't discipline children anymore. I think that's part of the issue as well. We just put kids in timeout now. That's what we do. Put them in time. I don't know whose idea timeout was, but it's, we need to stop. I think that's actually where mass shooters are born, is in... <laughs> that's where the switch happens, I'm convinced. Because basically what you're saying when you put a kid in timeout is, uh, hey, I noticed you're behaving like a sociopath. Why don't you go to that corner and be alone with your thoughts? <laughs> See what that does. Don't talk to anybody about what's going on. Just go over there, stare into the darkness, and listen to everyone that doesn't understand you have fun. And we'll see. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, fuck. All right. (laughs) You okay over there? (laughs) Yeah. Some long pauses in that set. Uh, I get those laughs per minute up. To be honest, the recording on your, I, I was listening to your album and the recording of this material is, is faster. And, yeah. and they are just like, boom, laugh, boom, laugh, boom, laugh. It's super, it's, it's super fast. But you're in a different scenario there. You're in front of a big studio audio, audience. Yeah, it's you got to slow story. it down for TV, I've been mm-hmm. told. Yeah. So I was trying to keep that in mind. Yeah. Cut, cut the fat of any jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I, I noticed that you do that I, I'm beginning to think I need to incorporate is when you state your premise, you'll say it again, and then you'll say it again one more time sometimes. You'll be like, I was going to the store. I went to the store. I was going to the store, and then, and then you'll, you'll do it. Like It's almost like you're like, we're here, we're here, we're here, ready, let's go. I don't know when I started doing it. Are you talking about like when I cut a sentence short? 
The cutting the sentence short is a different thing that I want to bring up, but this in particular is at the beginning of uh, when you start a joke, you'll you'll say the thing that you're about to talk about, but you'll say it once, you say it twice or three times. This is a very simple, like I was talking to my girlfriend, my girlfriend and I were talking, we're talking about, and then you'll like, and it's huh. like, it's not, it, it doesn't seem like, I've heard many other comedians do this now as we analyze stuff, mm -hmm. and I really think it's super helpful. Yeah, it, it tells people it ingrains this, it. Yeah, yeah. They go, okay, yeah, okay. If it's too, if it's if they do too slowly, then people get bored. Mm -hmm. But you do it real fast, yeah. right? I think you did. I, I, you said I lost an argument. I can lose an argument. I can, I can, you know. However, you said it. You, you say that you lost an argument and that you're okay with losing an argument a few times. Yeah, yeah. And the audience is totally on board with you saying exactly the same thing three times in a row. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, that is interesting. I don't know what that is. Kevin Hart does that a Kevin lot. Kevin Hart He's does like, it. This is what I do. This is what my uncle does. Don't make me laugh. This is what my uncle does when he sees a cat or whatever, the premise, and he mm -hmm. just keeps doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I remember, actually, it's very funny because that's a really good technique for get them to pay attention to what you're about to say. But it was also when uh, the Dane Cook hate train was going on. I remember a criticism was like, just keep saying the same thing before he starts the joke. He's just buying time because he doesn't have material. It's like, no, he's setting up the premise yeah. in a way where you're ready for it. I don't watch myself a lot, which is probably bad. Um, <laughs> I, I record every set that I do, and I listen to like one percent of what I record. Yeah, right, maybe. right, right. Um, it takes discipline to sit down. And do so you look discipline. cool when you're doing stand up. You should watch it. You're like, oh, that yeah. guy's cool guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Annie told me I'm like if Chester cheated at stand up. Uh, <laughs> that is like, really good, hey, man. That's that's very flattering. What's so weird is so much of how my style has developed is based on how it feels in the room, mm -hmm. and I think. I like to build the tension a lot. Like to me, when I'm doing that, maybe mm -hmm. and I, d I never noticed fully like, until you broke it down like that. I've never thought of it as saying it two or three times, mm -hmm. but I almost feel like I'm pumping the balloon a little fuller of air before uh -huh. I pop it. Or it's it's the up the roller coaster. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the building of tension is so important. Here's the you, boring part. Here's like the boring part. Your point Boom. Really fast. Uh huh. That might be good for timing and yeah, rhythm. Right. Yeah, but like audiences don't like silence because they want you to kill almost more than you want to kill. Yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing worse than watching a comedian bomb. Yeah. So they're nervous for you. Right. In fact, someone brought up Sean Patton. Maybe that was before you were recording. Uh, Sean's Sean. really, really I good at that. Sean's really Sean good at like just like sitting in a, not even silence, but like no laughs. He'll sit uh -huh. and no laughs for a minute. Uh huh. Yeah. And then when the laugh comes, it's so much bigger so because big. the audience is like, come on, man, please make this funny. Yeah. Like, da David you're Cross taking too. us on this ride, dude, and if it doesn't work, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. But that feeling is good because yeah. uh -huh. they're getting more like, oh, please, man, totally, please make this worth it. And David Cross, too. I struggled a lot because I he was one of the ones I aped. And in, if you have four minutes <laughs> at an open mic and you're going to do a joke that takes that you build tension for a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They hate you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, for sure. It better be really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing you do, you, you cut off your sentences. And I've done that when I'm in the zone um, yeah. where I just go, it's almost like you, you mentally go, they get it. I don't have to say it. They already finished this sentence. I don't need to say this. Let's get to the punchline. Yeah, I do that. And I, I've noticed that before. It that works. I've noticed. It I've not works. noticed the first thing you said. That I've noticed. And I... I don't know what where that started or I can't I couldn't pinpoint it, but I like it. I know I like it. Yeah. I like that it a stammer is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it adds it adds a rhythm 
It adds a rhythm to it too, mm-hmm. which I like. Well, like, we do that in our conversations. We yeah. do. We'll cut off a sentence because we we know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to overstate it, right? It's like a weird. Con- it's con- not a novel. You don't need to finish the sentence. Don't need to finish the sentence. You got the point, and it also mm-hmm. makes it more conversational and natural. And that's how, I, like, I, it's how I'd really talk. Which is yeah. likable, by the way. Which it, is likable. if it's authentic to you, how you talk, uh-huh. people will feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I like it. I, I know that yeah. much. I like doing it that way. I think fun. maybe it helps me snap into my stage character too, right? Like. And be yourself. And be, yeah. Because you yourself w- do that in life. Everyone does that in life. Totally. What's your, what's your stage character? Well, it's just me, but I mean, like. Just racist. But if I'm like, yeah, super <laughs> racist. But like, if I'm sitting in the green room, I'm probably not as. You know, I'm definitely a comic that's not on all the time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, I'm always down to joke around, but I got to feel inspired. Like, I am not someone that comes in the room yeah. just ready to riff. Totally. You know what I mean? That's just not me. Yeah. Sometimes I'm really chill. Sometimes so, but if I'm in the green room and I'm chill. That I can't go on stage like that necessarily. Yeah. Or I can, but it's nice to maybe get myself a little more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending mm-hmm. on what set I'm trying to do that night. A lot of what, what happens up there is you're transmitting emotion. Yeah. Right? And so if you go up there and you don't have the emotion that you want to transmit. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what like Kevin Hart, you know, don't make me laugh is a great example. That's just a way for him to, don't make me laugh. Yeah, that makes yeah. it authentic. It makes it like he's telling you the story for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's such a funny thing to tell an audience too. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. Yeah. Don't, don't make me laugh or I can't tell my jokes. That's, that's like so endearing and lovable. Yeah, right? totally. It's so cute. I uh, on late night romp last week. I was like, "What is it?" I was. I didn't plan on doing any material and having a sex addiction, but I realized the way I got into it was like the best way I could have, which was just like I have a. Okay, what I'm. I have this. I ha- okay. It's what I'm about to say is not a funny thing. Um, and it's not gonna, you're gonna be like, this isn't gonna be funny, what he's gonna say after that. I'm a sex, I'm a sex addict. See, that's not funny. That's not a funny thing at all. That's, it. but then just getting into it that way made it, I was like, first of all, it made it clear that like, I'm also uncomfortable with revealing this about myself because it isn't a funny comedy premise. Yeah. But I, I, can you please, like, I was like, I really needed them to be on, like, eventually be on board. So, like, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. But, like, I'm also uncomfortable with setting this up. Right. Mm-hmm. And it did set it up so that when the punch landed, right. it was right. much bigger than it had been. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it like helps. A little, letting them in on that. It is a performance, but you're also a person. Being yourself is, I think, hugely important. Totally. This next bit is called Grinding, and it's off of Kenny's album, Bad Dreams. I used to go clubbing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize this until I had a friend in town. He's like, let's go out dancing like we used to. And it wasn't until we got there I realized that the only dance that I even know how to do is grinding. Like, that's the only way. <laughs> Anyone else here in their, like, early 30s, late 20s? Yeah, <laughs> clap if you're, if you're in that age range. Clap if you're, like, late 20s. <laughs> right. So we're all part of this generation in America that the only dance we know how to do is grinding. That's the only way we've ever learned. And if you don't know what grinding is, that's where you take your most intimate areas <laughs> and sort of mash them together <laughs> semi-rhythmically to the dismay of your elders. And <laughs> the only way I know how to dance is, and like the generation, that all of, we're getting older. What are we gonna do? That's t- 
Like, grinding is fine in your 20s, you know? We all have hot young bodies. We're like, yeah, I'll get up in there. <laughs> but in 30 years, that's going to be a nightmare. Just <laughs> a bunch of people in their 60s, just old man Fabergé egg-sized balls just <laughs> swinging up <laughs> between cottage cheese thighs and just... <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. I'm honestly embarrassed that that's the only way I know how to dance. I'm ashamed of this. I'm 31 years old, and to this day, I don't even know how to ask a woman to dance with me, <laughs> aside from just walking up to her <laughs> and placing my dick on her butt. That's <laughs> the only way I ever learned how to do it. I don't even know what words to put with that. Now, what's up, girl? Couldn't help but notice you didn't have a dick on your butt. What's going on with this? Little dickless butt situation we got going on. So come over here and do this and see if you wanted to dance or talk to the cops. Either one. <laughs> Can I holler at you or do you want to holler at the manager? Which one's it gonna be? <laughs> Took a great risk coming over here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing, man. And the thing is, that's the way I dance forever now. Terrible. I'm not learning a new dance. I got, you know, rent and stuff. To pay. That's it. For the rest of my life, if dancing is required, grinding will occur. It's going to be a weird life. What if I have a daughter and I have to give her away at her wedding? That's going to be a weird wedding. <laughs> They're crying. Oh. Please welcome to the dance floor the bride and her father as he gives her away. And I'm like, oh no, I forgot to learn a new dance. Um, well, go ahead and hit that little John DJ. <laughs> Honey, we are so proud of you, your mother and I. <laughs> I want to let you know we think Scott's going to be a great addition to the family. Are you grinding? Why don't you go ahead and slap okay. the floor for Daddy? Go ahead and slap the floor. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, why, thanks, man. Why, why yeah. did you want to play it so bad? I, I, I love the um, quick, I, I, went, I guess it's a misdirection up top. Uh, you have like, if you don't know what grinding is, blah, blah, blah. To the dismay of your yes. elders, you like put me in a middle school dance immediately. Yeah, and I love that. I just love that initially. That's a great. I love it's an accurate description followed by like a hilarious senior portraying. I love that the way you're going about the whole thing. I noticed you didn't have a dick on your butt. I love that you articulate through the character you're being in that moment. That is this sexual assault. Yeah. Like, maybe it is. Were we just assaulting each other all over middle schools and high schools? I love that. And just, like, your personality just carries you through this whole thing where it's, like, you can... T you. This is when you're very lovable. You're just... I, no one feels threatened by this. Mm -hmm. It is kind of like a weird subject to broach. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. the only way I know how to dance is, like, borderline molestation uh -huh. and it's like but that i mean well first of all every most people in the crowd probably feel the same way it's like what that was weird yeah it's it's you're showing the normal to be abnormal which is yeah. comedy gold right yeah 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 totally and i 
it was a very authentic. I mean, that bit I still remember the night that I wrote that. You were yeah. grinding on your daughter. I was grinding on my daughter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Wait, are you grinding? Never on forget because the, the judge won't let me. What? Or are you just pantomiming a grind? I'm just pantomiming a mime. Okay, right that. There, yeah. That. Wait, yeah, wait, actually, I, I might have grinded on the mic stand. Sometimes I do that. But, but, but wait, what, what, what were you going to say? That you'll never forget the night. Oh yeah. Well, it's funny because like grinding makes so much more sense when you're a teenager. It's like safe. It's kind of like safe sexual exploration. And, uh-huh. and like, uh-huh. oh, you're right. In like a weird, you know, we're like all coming into age. We're not comfortable. We're like we like want to know kind of what it feels like. There's uh-huh. like something weirdly safe about also, it. You're yeah. not expected to have that level of etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, sh- you uh, ideally you're being taught it, but nobody nobody hits puberty and goes, "I know exactly how to handle this." No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just the blind leading the blind out there. And yeah. it, it was generationally speaking, it was such a far so far removed from anything our teachers or principals had seen. Yeah. It's just like they didn't know what to do. They tried to walk around with a ruler and make a stand a certain but like <laughs> this is a public school. You yeah. can't do that. Like Oh my god. Yeah, it's so weird. Um but so I had a buddy that I, you know, we we were both single. We'd go out and try to pick up girls together. It's like what we did, you know. Yeah. We were college, college kids doing that, going out to the club, trying to get laid. It's what you do. For sure. And he came to visit me in Chicago and we went out with now years of knowledge. And, you know, we'd each had, we hadn't seen each other in five or six years. So five to six years of, like, growing as men, uh, yeah. maturing, learning. Yeah. I had never – I was doing comedy the whole time. You don't go to dance club when you're doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. no, it's real. And then he was like, let's go dance. He's yeah. like, for sure. We're both single still. Like, let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. And we went out, and it was just, like, the whole vibe was so creepy and bad. Yeah. And we both moment. didn't realize it until that night. And we yeah. just wound up, like, joking about it and getting yeah. drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like – yeah, that's what I wrote that bit. But I, I remember that feeling of like, oh, my God. And then just the implications of the whole thing. Yeah. Like, fuck, dude. I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't know what else to do. I took a great risk coming over I here. I took a great <laughs> risk coming that's over here. That's such, such a great, great line. line. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. such a simple line, but it's so funny. Also, when you like you do a move. Um, so I call these uh, like when you when you show uh, a bizarre counterexample where you, you give a counterpoint or I really like it. It's like. If I were in charge, what would happen if let's play this out further into some other scenario, right? Those the moment you do that, you're like in comedy fun land, right? Mm-hmm. You can do anything there. Yeah. And you do it really uh deftly and simply and conversationally, but what are we gonna do when we're older? Yeah. Right? Very, very simple, super conversation. But but, but what it is is it's like, hey, I wanna take this to another scenario here in my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it gives you such license to be like fabricating uh, egg-sized balls, <laughs> cottage cheese thighs. Yeah, <laughs> I gross love that. Stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's so horrible. <laughs> well, hey, I think, th- and also what I was thinking too is like, man, I'm like, I think at the time I wrote that bit, I was probably 27 or eight, maybe 29 at the oldest, and I was like, God, this is already horrifying, mm-hmm. and it's only going to get worse. Yeah, and it's like, how many, how often do you dance in life? Like, we're going to keep forgetting that mm-hmm. this is all we know. Mm-hmm. Until it's like a high school reunion, and it's like, oh fuck, yeah, this is still all we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's an innocence about how you're doing this. Yeah. There's a what are we gonna? Oh my god, I don't know. You're this every man who's a little confused and lost as to as to what to do in life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that maintains the likability even when you're talking about, even when you're pointing out, hey everybody, this is kind of fucked up. It lets people still like you as you go further and further into it. Yeah. And also, like, back to the authenticity thing, it clearly sucks for women. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. But I chose to focus on the way it sucks for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, that bit could have easily become, like, oh, like, 
ladies, how do you deal with this? Which is, it's implied, I would mm-hmm. say. But to me, it's also interesting to point out, yeah, and think about, from my perspective, I'm coming over here fucking blind. Yeah. Trying to interpret the way you looked at me is that, does that mean you want me at my yeah, dick right. on your butt? I mean, yeah. right. the implications are so huge in yeah, that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's such a big leap to go from, she looked at me slightly longer than the other girls have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I know what that means. Yeah, yeah and, a, and a part that didn't even make it into the, onto the album for whatever reason, I think that night I just skipped over. But like, and women don't want you to ask either. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing lamer than being like, do you want to dance with me? At a do you club? like to dance? You just have to go for it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It's the nature of it. Yeah, totally. Well, it's also like, I think this is so interesting in life. I am very open-minded. The idea of being offended... I yeah. can't imagine. But I, as I get older, I find, wait a minute. No, I am offended by things. Also, I'm kind of like, there's parts of me that are conservative that I don't even realize. Yeah. But yeah, grinding makes me uncomfortable. I feel like a dad now where I'm like, yeah. we got to stop this stuff. We can't have <laughs> yeah. our kids out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and that part of me is real. Like, I'm not completely comfortable with all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, wait, I think this might be bad. We, <laughs> we keep fighting against... Uh, the status quo and it gets really extreme yeah. and now we're all just out here fucking banging up against each other <laughs> and I don't necessarily think it's good. Yeah, Slap yeah, yeah, the yeah. floor for daddy. Slap the floor for daddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and you wanted to play... I uh, wanted to play... Uh, this is We've not played him on the podcast. Uh, Martin Lawrence, this is him hosting uh, a Def Comedy Jam. It's in the early 90s. For you all that have not watched any Def Comedy Jam clips... It's like the only TV audience I've, I would describe as having like a pandemonium at all times. It gets so fucking crazy. And I've got to do a little bit of prefacing. He makes fun of, I think, four people. Uh, one of them is Lawrence Taylor, uh, just one of the most infamous. He like, I forget what he broke on Joe Theismann, a quarterback. Like uh, uh, femur. femur. Femur bone. Broke a femur bone through the skin where he broke, he tackled him so hard, he broke his femur, and Lawrence Taylor is the one that's like, get a medic. He's, he's, he's one of the most savage human beings ever. Also Ice-T, who wrote the song Cop Killer. So he's got these two people, he shits on them to their face, and they love it. There's just a lot of people he's shitting on, and his charisma and his lovability is just like the reason he's getting away with it, and it's Great. just incredible. Okay, so this is Martin Lawrence, and it's from Def Comedy Jam, from a year. Yeah, a year in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up? Make some noise. Yes. Thank y'all for coming out tonight in the house. <laughs> hey, my man, Derek Coleman, ladies and gentlemen, from New Jersey Nets and T Mills. What's up? What's up, D? D! 610, Derek. Nah, man, I love you, man. It's my brother, man, Derek Coleman. Three million a year, huh? <laughs> hey, Doc. You ain't had to rap the girls, huh? You just walk up like this, hey, three mil. <laughs> Where you live at? Which way you go? <laughs> okay, I can drive my own car. I'll meet you there. That's good, man. Love you, though, bro. 
Oh, my man, Ed Lover, MTV. What's up, man? Give that a round of applause. And Todd won. What's up, Todd? <laughs> you know what MTV? <laughs> Todd won. You know who Todd Girl is, right? MC Light. And guess what? He got a tattoo on his chest, got MC Light on this shit. And I used to fuck her. <laughs> hey, hey, believe me, there's a lot of light at the end of that tunnel, boy. Got <laughs> up, walked away, came back clapping. I Now you want to feel fuck with me. Now he messed with me all night, but you're my man. Welcome. Thank y'all for coming. <laughs> we also got some other people in the house. I'd like to acknowledge Lawrence Taylor and Ice T. And Ice T, yeah. Now what's up? Now hold on, what's up? LT, right? And Ice T. What, man? What's up? Y'all got the same mother? What's up, man? What is she, an albino linebacker? <laughs> <laughs> Got him with a light skin, Joe. <laughs> 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 I mean, yo, 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 you my, you my masters! This is all in it, bro. I love it. <laughs> I know. So Al, don't, Al, you better fuck me up, too, man. Cause you in Dysman's shit. I, I just playing. See? That's fucked up, LT. We boys. <laughs> he looking at me like that. <laughs> I just playing. I just playing. <laughs> I'm just fucking with everybody. That's your lady right there? That's your lady. Hey, how you doing? I look nervous. Got your little. That's a lot of hair weight, baby. You know. How you doing? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, there's a bald horse in Central Park. I think you know why I played that clip. That's just entirely, that's like a level of lovability. Like, the reason I wanted to define lovability versus likability up top, like the, like the guy everyone wants to be and the guy everyone wants to be around, he's not a threat at all. He literally said, I used to fuck your girlfriend or your wife or fiancé. The, the, the person you tattooed on your chest. Yeah, and the guy gets up laughs and then comes back clapping. clapping yeah yeah that's like the most threatening thing you could say to someone but he says it with such like an endearing attitude and just like i'm just like being a clown up here that the guy doesn't care at all i mean he he knows you got me but he like loves it too it's so interesting and i'm especially in like hip-hop culture i was about with, to say yeah especially especially yeah. that room yeah like yeah. for him to do that and the guy to be like that is 
that's hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a lot of light at the end of that tunnel. Are yeah. you referencing our pussy? Like, it's just like a yeah. million things that you're just technically not supposed to say to someone. And they just love it. The Why? Because he shows this innocence and this, like, he looks like a kindergartner saying all this shit. He's running around the stage. He's doing yeah. all these weird voices. He he's, is childlike. He's excited that everyone is there. He's like going around the room. It's like he just he says Derek Coleman six ten. Like he's just naming his height. He's just like you're tall. <laughs> like he's just excited for everyone. Mm-hmm. He tells him how much money this guy is making. It's also easy to forget how big of a star Martin was. Yeah, was especially big. in the black community. I mean, yeah. To everybody. For first of all, the fact that most white people know who he is mm-hmm. shows how big of a star he was in yeah. the black community. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, there's famous black people that most white people don't know. Of it's course, the reason yeah. I specify that. But yeah, yeah, he uh, he was a Martin to white people too. Yeah, right. Th- that, yeah, when you hit that crossover fame, yeah. then it's like, well, how much does he mean to black people? Yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. So I think that probably plays into this as well. Mm-hmm. He's also keeping with tradition. Mm-hmm. Roasting is part of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. anyone who's done a uh, urban room. Knows how brutal that can get. Yeah. The MC sort of has license to shit on whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he was uh, the best of the best. He was the best of the best, man. I was watching uh, Bad Boys recently, actually. It's on Netflix now, yeah. Hey, Martin's got such good energy, man. That's what carries him through everything he does. I know. Like, like I, I was watching scenes where he doesn't even have dialogue and him reacting to things and like, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm not. His eyes. I'm tired of putting up with this shit. It's kind of the general vibe of like, I ain't putting up with this shit no more. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So funny, man. He's, He's smiling so through his voice. Yeah. You can hear it, even just the audio of it. You can just hear the mirth just just like pouring out of him. I do not know what mirth means. Please explain. Uh, good humor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. should probably learn that. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Martin Lawrence so much, and I, I uh, encourage all of our listeners to uh, Google Deaf Comedy Jam Martin Lawrence crowd work because he goes after everyone, and it's like, Big, big names. He says, uh, he like, he talks to like Flavor Flav, who starts like heckling, and he's like, sit down, it's my show. Flav, Flav is so ugly, roaches come up and are like, daddy. And like, he just like shits on like everyone in such endearing ways. And he just, I don't, I, there's a reason why like Chappelle and people like that came up in Deft Comedy Jam, like, s- like say like Martin led the way. For a lot of black comics, because he was a gate, he was a um, what's it called, a gate opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just love him, and I love the way that he like encourages a good time. I think he embodied one of the things that you said in your your, your little hosting guide too, which is he's clearly having the most fun mm-hmm. in the room. Love Martin Lawrence, the most lovable, charismatic. Any 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 other like analyses as to why you think like he he accomplishes this? I think he uses his body, and he has this like. Uh, the flow, like he's kind of sings as he speaks, like his voice like escalates and then he d- yeah. drops in and you know, out. Of there's a dynamism to it that's not forced. I mean, Kevin Hart has it now. Yep, I was yeah. just, I was singing the same thing. You know, there's a there's a video of Kevin Hart roasting the shit out of somebody. I don't remember who it is backstage too, but it's like the guy tries to get Kevin Hart and then Kevin just leans into it like, oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it just destroys him. It, it, it like. Even the guy's laughing. There's nothing you can say. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. too likable, too funny. I just wanted to do your yoga for men bit. Okay. Oh. Uh, I really loved it. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was just like another, like, no, Kevin's No, no, no. Uh, if, you're, if you're cool with it, I'd, I'd love to do that. Oh, yeah. If you guys want to talk about me some more, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, let's do it. So this next clip is Yoga for Men. It's also from his album, Bad Dreams. Here it is. I'm trying to work out healthier. Like let go of the male ego a little bit. Because I used to work out like a man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, I, yeah, I'm not even exercising. I'm training. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get ready for this fight that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get ready for this melee I should be emotionally evolved enough to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> should I do healthier stuff? <clears throat> Trying to get into yoga? Something of, It's hard, man. It's that male ego. It's very vulnerable yoga. It's hard to be, just let go of, like, yeah, you just feel soft. You know, just walk in, they're like, all right, close your eyes, grab your ankles. It's like, what's happening here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel less relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Something about it, man. I just don't, you know, yoga studios have glass front. I just don't want my friends to walk by and see me, and they're just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, exercise. I don't remember. What one was I in? Maybe Lotus. I wish I had yoga for men. I wish I had yoga just for men. Just no way. You're too flexible, lady. Get out of here. You're making me feel bad. Too good at this. I want yoga for men, by men. Just massage our egos the whole time. Make us feel masculine and just let us get through the stretches. All right, gentlemen. Sounds like I hear an intruder. <laughs> Let's pop into Warrior One and see what this intruder's all about. <laughs> over the head, man, right? Yeah. Keep the pistols high overhead. Keep that head on a swivel. <laughs> Ooh, it looks like there's more than one intruder. Let's go Warrior Two and switch to rifle. Let's go Warrior Two. <laughs> pick off intruders. <laughs> As they come closer and closer. And what's that? Oh, it looks like uh, intruders are parachuting down from the skies above. Let's go reverse warrior and pick off those intruders. Yeah, yeah. We're in the trees and sky. Now let's go forward fold. We're now in close combat and we are slashing through the neck and rotating up towards the sky. As we think... God above for making you such a man. <laughs> you were able to protect all the women and children from certain death. <laughs> As they come back to the middle, looks like one of the intruders has grabbed a baby and is throwing the baby down the stairs to send a message. Let's go Warrior 3 and catch that baby. <laughs> to his mother. <laughs> Thank you. So deserved the applause. That is so good. All right. Wow. That's a great. That's so funny. Thank you. I'm glad if you uh, you couldn't see, but he was actually acting out all the yoga poses. Yeah. Because yeah. I I have not done yoga. Oh, so okay. I was getting, I was learning a lot, and it was hilarious. And you did it in the voice. You did it, and we're gonna uh, just uh, some intruders here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like the least the least yoga thought. Yeah. Is uh, all right, everyone. People are coming to kill you. Funny. Yeah, thank you. What's the genesis of this bit? Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. You just, you know what, man? Honestly, I was in Columbus, Ohio, on on tour, and I met up with a buddy of mine who I hadn't seen in several years, 
he was in his residency for medical school, so he was yeah. living in a Holiday Inn next to the hospital. No shit. So we were in his hotel room, and we both grew up playing basketball together. And I think we were just talking about how our joints hurt. And I was like, God, I gotta get into yoga, man, but it just feels so, I can't. Yeah. And I just sort of riffed that first like, that first thing, and then. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And I just, he was like, he's excited by stand up. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I don't want to, I shouldn't write this in your, he's like, no, please. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was excited to see me write a joke. Yeah. And so yeah, I like, yeah. I like went through him and I was like, what about this, this? And then oh. I did it that night on the show and it killed. And oh, I was of like, course. keeping this one. And that's be, so fun. There's so many connections here too. Like, like number one, first of all, you, you do such a good job of, of keeping your status nice and low. Sure. Yeah. You're not saying yoga is a pussy thing to do. What you're saying is I'm a little bit of a wuss because my male, machi- my machismo is so fragile yes. that I can't do this. hundred percent. Yes. Right. So what a brilliant way in so that, I mean, it's super likable. You're yeah. like, all right, this guy yeah. isn't taking himself too seriously. Yeah. And then the connections are so great because ah, I love it. You're like warrior. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Save- some real warriors. Yeah. Really <laughs> Saving the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I really feel that way too, man. Outdated ideas of masculinity really hold us back. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really do. And uh, in many ways. Yeah. Emotionally and are you physically. are you just talking about um the wars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All <laughs> oh, the wars. Yeah, those. Oh, yeah, those. <laughs> yeah, the endless number of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and just not being able to do things that are good for you yeah. without yeah. hearing a voice in your head being like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 It's like the be. what are you a fag bit yeah, like yeah, over before. about getting a pumpkin. Yeah. You talk immediately about how vulnerable you feel just doing something as non-threatening as yoga. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's just such a great juxtaposition of those two things. <laughs> Touch I, your toes. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. something so funny to me, too, about like, yeah, men like. We're all. I watch these dudes work out, and it's mm. like, what are you preparing for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I love that. Just like, yeah, just <gasps> yes, I wait. And it's like, what is this for? Who's this for? What is this? <laughs> the melee. I'm too emotionally. I'm, what I, was I, it? I, oh, I should, I should be, be emotionally evolved enough to avoid. That's yeah. so fucking yeah. good, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. It's and funny because even like women have told me they're like, there's nothing sexier than a guy that can de-escalate uh, a possible like physical altercation. It's like, yeah, but wouldn't it be sexier if I like maybe died? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't there be nothing sexier? What if I beat his ass journey? though? That'd yeah. be pretty cool, right? That'd be great. And then I was arrested, and then I had to like, you know, uh, deal with uh, assault charges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be sexy? Hot. That's a man. Wouldn't it be sexy if I have a court case in ten months? Let's talk about sex. Huge thanks to our guests, Kenny DeForest. Thank you, guys, man. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Oh, I, I love talking about stand-up comedy. Yeah, I mean, us too. Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, loved having you on, man. Uh, this is great. This is so great. And um, let's do a couple plugs. So, of course, please listen to his entire album, so Bad good. Dreams. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify, I think, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, someone took the time to put all of it <laughs> track by track on yeah. YouTube. Man, <laughs> it is really weird. That is like an odd feeling. Yeah. To, like, see how the internet works. It's like... Yeah, they I, did it. Until you this moment, it. I have felt like no one sees my stand-up except for my friends and family. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. how I've always felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got on YouTube, and I just saw my whole album track by track had been put on YouTube. And like, I guess I'm supposed to be like, get that off of there. It's not free. Yeah, yeah, but I was also like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool that someone took the time to do that. It's, it's just an advertisement content. for your touring is yeah. what it ends up yeah, being. Yeah, for sure. Right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. 
I've been yeah. doing stand-up for free up until this point. Why would I stop now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. If you are in New York or you're coming to New York, make sure that you head on down to the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. It's in uh, Williamsburg, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's every Sunday. It's called... Comedy, Comedy at the Com- Knitting Factory. Comedy at mm-hmm. the Knitting Factory. It is, again, one of the premier... So good. It's such a. It, if you get on at the knit, it's like uh, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's a big it's deal. A very big event. Mm-hmm. It's a very big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. So and you host that, right? Yeah. Okay. Great. With and Will Miles and Clark. Uh, Clark Jones. Will Miles and Clark Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Both also very funny people. <laughs> you can follow our guest at Kenny DeForest, and that's at that's at Twitter and Facebook, and that's also his website. Yeah. So Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram. I'm migrating more towards Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can add me on Facebook, but. Uh, at this point, it's not going to do much for you in terms of following yeah. my comedy. No, uh, Twitter and the gram is where it's at, baby. Yeah, I'm a gram guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. 1,600. I don't like this new that. Instagram. <laughs> it's not my thing. That's not, yeah. I, fucking need I just screenshot it. colorful <laughs> statuses. <laughs> That's most of my Instagram because I can't tweet. Also, I have a couple of plugs. Just I've got a summer series coming up. Not sure when this will be posted, but I have a summer series of shows that are going to be both indoor and outdoor. If you go to special-tonight.com or you go to Facebook forward slash special tonight, you'll see all the info on that. And oh, cool. It should be super fun. It's mm-hmm. going to be dinner plus a show. And it's yeah. always special tonight's always, always, always a really, so really fun. packed good time. Yeah. And then uh, I also have, uh, I have, a, and that's by the way, that's produ- co produced by uh, Sadik Samani. Yeah. He is wonderful. Whoa. Then, yeah. What? I know him from the Chicago you days. You do. Really? I, I, I forgot to mention that. I forgot yeah. he's a Chicago guy. Whoa. Good friend of mine, co producer of that show. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, yeah. well, for sure, we will have, I'm telling you on air, we will have you on one of our shows this summer. I would if, love to. If you, yeah, would, yeah. If, you, if you would condescend to. Uh, <laughs> I would love to condescend. I would love to come condescend to your audience. Oh, please, yeah. please. Under the guise uh, of being low status. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play some fun games. And then um, I also have a, a I have a weekly show that is called Late Night Romp. It has been getting very ah, fun. It's been getting it's really very good. fun, man. It's been really, really yeah, good. It's been packed. Out. packed uh, yeah, yeah. The last it's like, a big le- room. Legitimately, it's, get there early. That's what I. That's what I said when I did your show. By the way, uh-huh. uh huh. My first thing I said was, I know I've been living in New York for too long now because the only thing I can think about is how big this room right. is and yeah. how much it must cost this restaurant. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> guys. Yeah. Yes, yes. I could be renting this yeah. room out. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's a yeah. beautiful like it's like a little restaurant, and mm-hmm. you go in the back and you're like, yeah. oh, baby, it's showtime. Nice little brick background. Uh huh. I've been renovating it with uh, with my with my buddy Chris uh, Tristan Smith, yeah. and it is coming together. It's almost done. It's got yeah, yeah. got new speakers, got acoustical grade curtains, got a stage, it's got uh, LEDs. It's great. Um, it Come get has, your romp on. It has yeah. great comments. <laughs> All right. So that's every Tuesday. That's nine thirty to eleven fifteen. Uh-huh. It is that particular show is free. There'll be other shows coming there really really soon. Uh, I highly recommend you come. It is like uh, I, I would say it's it's amazing to see how many people are not going to a comedy show. We bark them in and they stay the whole time. And then they tell us this show shouldn't be free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was told that last time. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> donation bucket, baby. I know. Get us paid. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's late night romp.com. Also, Facebook forward slash late night yeah. romp. Last, if you 
want to find out more about our guest, please head to letstalkaboutsets.com. I have everything about him in the show notes that you might want to know, comedy-related. And then we also have a lot more episodes organized, both by theme and by the comedians that we've discussed. You can get our episodes automatically every week, or actually every other week, by subscribing to the podcast. Do that now on Apple Podcasts or whoever else. He just told me how much time he puts into this thing when it's not recording. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) you should subscribe. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot. Fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Special thanks. And I put in zero. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true. You have a huge contribution. Sometimes you show up late. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you get here 15 minutes, sometimes 30. But yeah, oh, God. You're indispensable, my friends. Uh, The the Jeff show would suck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Special thanks, of course, to Martin Lawrence. And yeah, fucking Martin, please listen. Yeah, and, <laughs> I love uh, you so and, much. And then also, who was first? Uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, Patrice, Patrice oh, O'Neill, yeah. that guy. And oh. special thanks the to, God. You, to, to the specter of uh, yeah, <laughs> of we miss Patrice you, buddy. O'Neill. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. And last but certainly not least, salt and pepper. Uh, I know you. I know you pronounce it Peppa, but I, to me it's Pepper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I we know you love our parody because it falls so squarely under the fair use rules, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's really more of an homage. Uh, but so far, it's so far from the original that people don't even know that it's you, which is why we spend thank- so much time thanking you profusely and asking you yet again just come over for dinner. There you go. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.